is good, defenders, and welcome to the most LAFC podcast on earth. This is Defenders of the Bank episode number 168. That's right, number 168 of Defenders of the Bank, and this one a little different than most. You know my voice. I am the scarf, J.R. Liebert, and I am recording a solo episode tonight. Yeah, I did have a couple of co-hosts lined up, but unfortunately scheduling and a few last-minute conflicts led to, well, this. And uh, with Philly and Panda being on vacation in Orlando, I ask that you all bear with me as it is much more scarf than you are used to. I promise not to wax poetic about Tom Brady's five touchdowns today or even bore you with tales of hope even though the Mets are still five and a half games back with two weeks to play, and I'll certainly try to keep it on the rails as much as possible. But yes, tonight is Solo, a scarf project tonight, episode 168, which we are calling, oh, this was a rough one. We've got we've got a couple different names for it on this one, but I think the one that we're going to go with is what Penso gives Portland takes away. That's right. We got a couple of gifts from Pro. We got a couple of things that maybe should have been called that weren't called. It was just a hot mess of a match today and a very frustrating 2-1 defeat up in Portland and Providence Park. Ugh, a very frustrating match indeed. Just a little bit of banter before we get into the recap. Of course, you know we have this day in LAFC history as well as some LAFC news and notes, but I want to give a big congratulations to our friends over at Ted Lasso for scoring several big Emmy wins over the weekend. A huge weekend for Ted Lasso season one indeed. They took home the award for best comedy series, beating out the likes of Blackish, Hacks, and a Philly favorite Cobra Kai. Jason Sudeikis won for lead actor in a comedy, obviously playing Ted Lasso. One that I know Philly will be very happy and proud of. Brett Goldstein won for supporting actor in a comedy series for his portrayal of Roy Kent. That's right. He's here. He's there. Well, it's a family show, but he's everywhere. Roy Kent and Hannah Waddingham took supporting actress in a comedy for her portrayal of Rebecca Welton. I'm not a big fan of her character in season two, but she was incredible in season one. I think Juno Temple might be up for the award this season in season two. I'll say it again. If you are not watching Ted Lasso, you are really missing out. If you don't have Apple TV, find a friend who has Apple TV. Find somebody who has an illegal streaming service they can find you Apple TV. Whatever it takes, make sure you are experiencing Ted Lasso. They are now nine episodes, I believe, out of ten in on their second season. They're about 30 to 42 minutes per episode, so give them a watch. They are fan fantastic. So that's our banter for the episode. Just want to say a big thank you and congratulations to everybody over at Ted Lasso. This day in LAFC history, I am recording this episode on the same day of the match. It is Sunday, September 19th, right around 10.30 p.m., recording it in the heart of Screenland, Culver City, California. That's right. Not a whole lot on the calendar for Sunday, September 19th before today, 
But on the 20th of 2019, and my goodness, this seems like forever ago talking about it, but MLS and LAFC make the joint announcement on the 20th of September 2019 that Dio, Adama Diamande, had voluntarily entered the League's Substance Abuse and Behavioral Health Program. And again, this had nothing to do with any substance abuse. It was a mental health issue that Adama Diamande was having, and we are happy that he was able to get well, at least get out of it with a healthy mindset moving forward. So that was the date where MLS and LAFC announced that Adama Diamande entered the league's substance abuse and behavioral health program the 20th of September 2019. And just one day later, LAFC able to salvage a tie at home against Toronto FC 1-1. And when we say salvage, boy, do we mean salvage. Carlos Vela hammering home a penalty kick in the fifth minute of stoppage time to give us the equalizer after Latif Blessing was brought down in the box. And in 2019, you guys, this was the first match with all three of our new designated players on the field together. Of course, Carlos Vela and Diego Rossi. But yes, it was Brian Rodriguez taking the field for the first time with his two other designated players. Be interesting to find out and go back this season how many matches we've had with three designated players out on the pitch. Not many, that's for sure. Subbing on for Toronto in the 76th minute was Laurent Simon, of course, the former captain and backline stalwart for LAFC. He wanted out of LAFC. He got sent over to a couple of different teams and found his way to Toronto, and he subs on in the 76th minute. And I know many of you remember this match because it was the Hello Kitty giveaway. 15,000-plush Hello Kitties were given away, and there was, of course, the VIP reception where you could meet Hello Kitty herself, and that is this day in LAFC history. Not sure how many this day in LAFC histories end on a mention of Hello Kitty, but if you had Hello Kitty on your LAFC bingo card, now is the time to mark it off. By the way, first time I had ever played LAFC bingo was during today's match, and let me tell you, when you see one of your corner squares are that a player who's not even playing potentially could score a goal. I switched it out a couple of times. I wound up getting in a spot where I really needed Tomas Romero to have a first half clean sheet. Turns out he didn't have a clean sheet in either half. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But unfortunately, I did not win the prize for LAFC Bingo. If you haven't tried playing LAFC Bingo, look, if you're, look, if you're at a watch party, it's going to be kind of difficult, right? You're hanging out with your friends. Maybe you're grabbing a couple of drinks. You're having a, a bite to eat. Several great bar partners with LAFC. We were at one today. Nina and I watched the game along with her parents from Party Beer Co. That was a lot of fun. Shout out to our good friends at Party Beer Co. for that. But if you're not at a watch party, if you've got some time, if you're just hanging around at the house, you might as well fire up the old LAFC app. I know you've got it because that's where your tickets are. If you go to games at the bank and check out the bingo, look, it was kind of cheesy. It's kind of corny, right? But you know what? I've never rooted so much for Jordan Harvey to get subbed in. Actually, I root every game for Jordan Harvey to get subbed in. Or for Tomas Romero to have a first half clean sheet 
as I have in my life before. So that was, it was kind of fun. It was a little bit of a, a different and interesting take on everything. Let's get into a couple of LAFC news and notes. More importantly, LAFC's roster is likely set, or at least we think, for the rest of the way due to Major League Soccer's roster freeze. And now all this information is from MLSsoccer.com and writer Tom Bogert. On Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, all 27 MLS rosters for the remainder of the 2021 season will lock through MLS Cup. That's right, through MLS Cup. The roster freeze date arrives on September 15th when all clubs must submit their final 30-man roster. And the only exceptions through December 11th will be in cases of extreme hardship, giggity. The rosters will be locked until the half-day trade window on December 12th, the official start of the offseason before the 2022 campaign. Additional roster and player transaction information can be found on the 2021 MLS Roster Rules and Regulations page. Now, up until then, clubs have been able to mostly sign free agents between the end of the secondary transfer window on August 5th and the freeze date, which was September 15th. That is, of course, how we were able to add keeper Jamal Blackman and more on him in just a second. Don't forget, MLS Decision Day is November 7th, the final day of the 34-game regular season before the Audi 2021 MLS Cup playoffs begin November 20th, of course, with the top seven teams in each conference qualifying for the postseason And it is going to be an interesting trek if we are going to make the playoffs indeed. A little bit of a Diego Rossi update. Diego Rossi started and played the full 90 for Fenerbahce in their 1-1 draw with Eintracht Frankfurt on Thursday, September 16th. Rossi had several chances early on in the match. And just like in his first match with the Turkish Super League Club, was very involved in the only goal of the match. In fact, in the first minute of play off an Eintracht Frankfurt corner, Fenerbahce countered and Rossi was sprung by a great through ball right down the center of the pitch. Rossi had a wide open look at goal 1v1 with the keeper, but couldn't get lift on the ball and fired it right at Kevin Trapp. Eintracht Frankfurt's keeper in the 10th minute with the ball pinballing around at the box. It settled at Rossi's feet and he fires it in on goal and Trapp had to make a diving save to his left. It was definitely on target, so a great save by Trapp. The rebound from the save comes off to Mesut Ozil, and he bangs it off the keeper's hand and into the goal for the early lead for Fenerbahce. So no assist, even though Diego Rossi might have done a lot of the heavy lifting there. VAR took a while, but it eventually confirmed the goal. And in the 90th minute, Rossi almost had the assist on the game winner with an absolutely perfect pass to Demetrius Pelkish. Pelkish was taken out by Frankfurt's keeper trap, leading to a penalty kick at the death. But unfortunately, the penalty was saved and the ensuing goal off the rebound was wiped away as well. Six yellow cards were shown after the 82nd minute, including four and a bit of a scrum in stoppage time. And the Europa League match ended all square at one in Frankfurt. Both Rossi and Fenerbahce certainly deserved a better fate. Unfortunately for Fenerbahce, they had to play a second game this week, much like LAFC. They took on Istanbul Bashakshahir and unfortunately fell 2-0. 
Rossi subbed on at halftime along with several other first-teamers for Fenerbahce, but Bashakcha here prevailed nonetheless. Because of Europa League play, they've got two matches each week for the next couple of weeks, so get ready to hear plenty of Diego Rossi updates for the next few episodes. And let me give you a very quick Las Vegas Lights update. The Lights didn't lose this weekend. Because the Lights didn't play this weekend, their next match is Saturday, September 25th at home versus the San Diego Loyal. That's it for the news and notes. That's it for the banter. That's it for this day in LAFC history. And you've heard an awful lot of the scarf talk, and we haven't even gotten to the Portland versus LAFC recap. So let's get right into it first. Let's talk about the starting lineup for LAFC coming back to Portland for the first time since July when we lost that 2-1 heartbreaker on a stoppage time goal. We bring out Tomas Romero in goal along with Kim Moon Juan, Fall Mario Ibeaga, and Raheem Edwards. It's Pancho Ginella Sifu and Daniel Chrysostomo starting at midfield. No Latif Blessing in the starting lineup. That was an interesting choice. And Brian Rodriguez and Chicho Arango round out the 11. In the 18, a couple of newer names this season in the 18 as Christian Torres makes an 18 for the first time in quite a while. And at backup keeper, Jamal Blackman makes his first 18 for the black and gold. That's right. No Pablo Cisniega. He had surgery due to a nasal fracture. So it is Jamal Blackman in the 18 for the very first time. Bryce Duke, Danny Masovsky, Cheeky Palacios, Latif Blessing, Jordan Harvey, Cal Jennings, and Portland native Marco Farfan round out the lineup for LAFC for Portland, led into the match by their manager Giovanni Savarese. Out for this match, Eric Williamson, who tore the ACL. That would be a rough one. Bill Tuoloma out for this match with a red card. And Jeremy Abobasi out for this match because they let him go to San Jose for a boatload of gam money. Remember, Jeremy Abobasi has been an absolute LAFC killer in his career with Portland. He has five goals against LAFC. And I said it on one more sleep last night. Only Zlatan Ibrahimovic has more goals than Jeremy Abobasi does against LAFC. And look, I didn't go through the laundry list of players who are out for LAFC, but obviously the biggest ones, Tristan Blackman still nursing that adductor injury. Carlos Vela still a couple of weeks away, according to Bob Bradley. And in my opinion, the biggest loss was that ankle injury that Edward Atuesta has suffered and has unfortunately missed now this last match. We'll we'll talk about it in just a second, but man, did it hurt not having somebody like Edward Atuesta out there today. For Portland, their starting lineup, goalkeeper Steve Clark, Claudio Bravo, Dario Zuparic, Larius Mabiala, Jose Carlos Van Rankin, Diego Chara, Christian Paredes, Dairon Aspria, bleh, more on him in a little bit, Sebastian Blanco, Yimmy Chara, and Felipe Mora. In the 18, there's really only two names you need to pay attention to, and that's Diego Valere and George Foshive. And, oh, did they have an impact in the match in the very first minute? It's Daniel Chrysostomo taking a rocket from the outside of the box, high and wide, but a decent effort indeed. And in the third minute, it's Raheem 
Edwards getting burnt to a crisp not once but twice by Yimmy Chara. Yimmy Chara to Dyron Aspria for the header just wide left of the post. Take a note of that later, though. Dyron Aspria with a header. This one just wide off the back post. I mean, Raheem Edwards got absolutely abused by Yimmy Chara on this play. In the fifth minute, a long shot by Sebastian Blanco misses high and wide. And in the sixth, it's Sifu down behind the play. Took a knock on the thigh, it looked like, because of a a hip check there by Dario Zuparic. No call on the hip check, but that was just the start of things for Portland. They got more physical as the game wore on. And look, this is a Portland side that wins through being very physical. They're clinical on set pieces, which we saw over and over again today, and they are physical between the boxes. They will let the referees dictate how physical they can be. And early on, with a couple of no calls, my goodness, they definitely dictated the physicality and the course of play. In the 14th minute, a great run, a great run by Brian Rodriguez And then so much happening in the box on this play. Brian Rodriguez finding Sifu back to Brian. And then in the middle of Chicho Arango, who, look, it really looked to me like he got dragged down inside the box. They said they looked at it. I don't know that they did. Chicho was able to find Sifu, but a little back heel flick by Sifu. Even though it earned a corner, we weren't able to get anything on net. Nothing from the corner kick as well. And again, they said they checked the foul, but I just don't know that they did. In the 16th minute, oh my goodness, LAFC dodging a bullet here after a bad giveaway by Pancho Ginella, which was really due to the physical play by Christian Paredes. Felipe Mora just fanned on a shot from the top of the box. I mean, he got the box, he got the ball, excuse me, a couple yards in from the top of the box and had a couple of options that he could have done, but fans on the kick, it misses well wide. LAFC gets the ball back. But what I wrote here in my notes, look, something pretty simple. LAFC just needs to match Portland's physicality at this point. You could tell the first 15, 16 minutes into the match, Portland was pinballing around with their bodies. They were letting the referees take control of this game if they wanted to, but they did not. And, oh, man, did it just feel like we started to revert to some of the things that the old LAFC this season had done over and over again a couple of times, starting with the 19th minute. And Brian, yes, Brian, misses an absolutely gorgeous chance. Chicho Arango, what a great run and a huge missed opportunity here for LAFC as Brian Rodriguez not able to find even a target. I mean, oh my goodness, Brian Rodriguez. It should have been one nothing LAFC, but don't worry. Just a couple of minutes later, Portland would punish us for not putting the ball in the back of the net in the 21st minute off of a corner. And then several headers later, Dyron Espria heading one past an open goal hesitation by Tomas Romero, really, to not just go and get that ball that was headed in. Look, it was a beautiful play. The corner kick coming all the way out to Diego Valeri near the top of the box, and all Valeri's job is to do at that point is to find the next man with a header, and he did. It was Sebastian Blanco who headed it off the crossbar, but really, I I thought that after that header by Diego Valeri, that ball was up there long enough 
Maybe Tomas Romero should have been able to come all the way out. Maybe he punches it out. Maybe he's able to pluck it out of the air. But unfortunately, he's not. Blanco heads it off the crossbar. The rebound finds Espria, and he heads it into the back of the net. And Portland capitalizing on their chances when LAFC could not. And they are up one nothing right after Brian misses his amazing chance. 24th minute, don't worry though, we would get one back. A great response by LAFC, a free kick for LAFC, and a yellow card for Larry Mabiala, and it's a PK off the free kick. Sebastian Blanco's arm extended well away from his body. It wasn't a great effort, really, by Jose Cifuentes. He blasted it right into the wall, but luckily for LAFC, Sebastian Blanco really turning his back on the play, got his arm extended out away from his body, and it would take until the 26th minute to sort things out. And that's when they put the ball at the spot in front of Chicho Arango. And for the fifth straight match and sixth time this season, Chicho Arango finds the back of the net. He, as Philly likes to say, punches it in the back of the polyurethane. And we are level at one. Of course, that means Chicho matching Diego Rossi's goal-scoring lead of six on the team this season. And they have, again, all come, I believe it's actually in the last, like, eight matches. Six goals in eight matches. They've, they've actually really all come, I think, in his last five. An incredible run here by Chicho Arango. 29th minute. I mean, how many bad giveaways did LAFC have in the match today? A little frustrating as Jesus David Maria with a bad giveaway, but somehow Tomas Romero able to make a great save on a wide open shot. I mean, oh my goodness, what a great save by Tomas Romero. But but how about this one, you guys? That was Tomas Romero's first save in our last three matches. We've given up goals. We've won the two matches prior to this, but we have not done it off of the back of any Tomas Romero saves. This was an incredible save, to say the least. A great save on a wide-open Portland shot in the 29th minute, 37th minute. There are just some moves that Kim Moon Wan makes, even though he has a soccer ball at his feet and he's playing on grass. I mean, you would think that he's in the best turf shoes possible, just making guys look Awful out there. The great move in the box earns LAFC a corner, but unfortunately a foul by LAFC in the box negated any chance that LAFC had on the play, and it looked like one of the few corner kicks that we actually set up well. It's Sifu who has to come over and help out on Dairon Espria as he makes Raheem Edwards just look silly in the 38th minute. In the 40th minute, it looked bad at first, and I thought it was going to be much, much worse than it was. But Brian Rodriguez and Dario Zuparic banging heads, both get up, both continue to play. But man, for the last five minutes of this half, you guys, Brian Rodriguez was taking shot after shot. And I don't mean on target. I mean from the Portland players. In the 42nd minute, he took another shot from Portland, this time from Claudio Bravo, which earned Bravo a yellow. It was not, by the way, it was not a good night for Claudio Bravo in this match. He did his best Raheem Edwards impersonation for Portland. Did not look very good at all. But man, a second big shot off that free kick. Unfortunately, Pancho Ginella was offside, so nothing there. LAFC having a hard time finding opportunities, and right before stoppage time, 
Brian taking another shot, the second one from Bravo. And I thought, wow, Claudio Bravo's really living on the edge here these last five minutes, being very, very physical. Unfortunately, nothing happens through stoppage time. And we end the half 1-1, LAFC with the goal after Portland scores, but missed chances plaguing LAFC once again. It really could have and should have been 2-1 LAFC at this point, but unfortunately, we go into the half, tied at one. So I'm listening to everything at halftime, and I couldn't help but take away and write down a couple of stats I heard during the broadcast, the first of which, can you guys believe the Austin match that we just played was the first match in team history, even though we are only less than four years removed from our inaugural team. That Austin match was the first match in team history to feature a starting 11 with no players from the inaugural team in 2018. That was kind of an incredible stat, and it makes you think, wow, the roster turnover on LAFC has been immense. We're not just talking about the Diego Rossi's, the Adama Diamandes, the Laurent Simons, the bigger names. I mean, we're talking about guys like Dejan Jakovic and Danilo Silva, guys that you you maybe haven't thought about in a while. We're talking about some guys on the front line. Obviously, there were players who have come and gone. And man, Benny Failhaber, obviously, guys like like Lee Wynn and just it's it's been Walker Zimmerman, Walker Zimmerman. Man, does that Walker Zimmerman move still hurt? Oh my goodness. But to have a starting lineup less than four years removed from your inaugural season and to have no players in that lineup, that was kind of a big deal. But the other big deal stat that I heard on the halftime broadcast, LAFC has not had a come-from-behind win other than over a year ago at Portland. Their last come-from-behind win over a year ago at Portland I mean, look, I'll take it, right? That, I believe, was uh, what was a, uh, I think it was another 2-1 match. I'll have to go back and take a look. And you're thinking 1-1 at halftime when we were down one nothing. This would be a great 2-1 come from behind match. How about Scarfstradamus? As I've been wrong all season, I continue to be wrong yet again. I said it would be 3-1, but hey, 1-1 is a good start if you're trying to get to 3-1. So I thought this is going to be some good things at halftime, or excuse me, after halftime. And we almost got an absolute stroke of brilliance in the 47th minute. I actually got up out of my chair. I freaked out. What an incredible shot. A banger off the post. I think it was Stu Holden that said it might have actually broken the post. Jose Cifuentes doing his best Zlatan Ibrahimovic impersonation. I mean, are you kidding me? This shot from long, long distance bangs off of the left goalpost. Sifu got absolutely all of it. He caught Steve Clark well off his line. There was nothing that Clark would have been able to do. And that right then and there would have displaced Brian Rodriguez for not just potential goal of the season candidate for LAFC, but goal of the year candidate for Major League Soccer. What a great effort by Jose Cifuentes. In the 50th minute, you could really see LAFC playing a much more aggressive, much higher line. Unfortunately, after a deflected shot by Pancho Ginella led to a corner, the theme of the second half, man, it would just be 
bad service off of these corner kicks and set pieces by LAFC. Not a good effort on that one by Jose Cifuentes. In the 52nd minute, you had Dairon Espria, who absolutely sprawls out Jesus David Murillo. But as soon as a blade of grass nicks him that Chicho Arango may have tossed up, he goes down in a heap. So it's really interesting, these Portland players who are so incredibly physical, but the second you go anywhere near them, they go flying. Another high shot by Pancho Ginella in the 54th minute. In the 55th, Pancho Ginella deflects the Espria shot wide for a corner, and they play this short corner once again. Another corner, back-to-back corners for Portland. And you really felt like Portland kind of weathered that storm for the first 10 minutes. And now they're back on the front foot again in the 57th minute. You got a nice little back heel by Yimmy Chara, but Blanco was clearly offside, so it wouldn't have mattered. In the 59th minute, a little 1v1 action between Kim Moon Hwan and Yimmy Chara. And I got to say, Chara got the best of this one, and it was clean. Portland, though, retains possession. Dyron Espria nutmegs Raheem Edwards. If that surprises you, let me know. And he finds Mora with a bicycle kick in the box. What a great pass by Dyron Espria. But the bicycle kick, unfortunately for Mora, but fortunately for LAFC fans, it is a great diving save by Tomas Romero. Again, Romero coming up with some big saves today. He did everything he needed to do on that play. But again, that first goal, the hesitation by Romero just kind of left me wondering a little bit. In the 60th minute at the hour mark, Brian Rodriguez puts on a shot, but it's Steve Clark with a save. And Portland beginning to change things up a little bit right at the hour mark. And that's when Diego Valeri comes in for Dairon Espria and George Foshive comes in for Christian Paredes. And those subs would definitely change the match for Portland. Right after the subs, though, LAFC really gifted a corner by Zuparic. Couldn't get anything on it. And in the 64th minute, to me, in the 64th minute, you guys, this has to be our wait. What moment of the game? I'm just going to quote the broadcast. Cifuentes missed it. A huge miss. That is a quote from the broadcast What more is LAFC supposed to do to put Sifu in a better position? Raheem with the interception, but only because he was badly out of position and beaten right before on the play. But it's actually a perfect pass. As much as I pick on Raheem Edwards, he then has moments like this and totally redeems himself. A perfect pass by Raheem Edwards. And it's Chicho Arango on the other end who carries defenders his way while keeping Clark on his line. Chicho making the pass at the very last second and you saw it happen and you're like, oh, what a great pass. That left the entire goal wide open. And Jose Cifuentes tied for our leading scorer on the season coming into the match with Rossi leaving. Completely misses a wide open net for our second big chance missed of the match. So incredibly disappointing. Oh my God, Sifu had nothing but a wide open right side of the net. Steve Clark was so badly out of position because of a great run by Chicho, because of a great pass. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this. By Raheem Edwards after the interception. But man, we couldn't capitalize once again. It should be at least... At least 2 or 3-1 LAFC. Scarf Stradamus should be right. It should be 3-1. 
But unfortunately, just like on our last big missed opportunity, just a few minutes later, because of great camera work and Fox Sports playing a replay during the run of play, I'm not even 100% sure how Portland got the ball back, but it comes out to Blanco on the left-hand side. Blanco looking across it, and it actually, if you go back and look at the cross, guys, this would have been a handball on Sebastian Ibeaga either way, I believe, as hit the ball caromed off of his arm. But unfortunately, that carom found George Voshive, and he heads it into the back of a wide-open right side of goal. Look, there wasn't much room to miss there. He was maybe three, four yards out, but he put his head onto it, laid it into the back of the goal, and Portland now is up 2-1 after LAFC has missed some massive chances. And I thought maybe right at that point, maybe the 68th, we should be even having, excuse me, even having some giggity subs going on here, maybe in the 69th minute. But LAFC waits till the 75th minute to make three changes. Raheem Edwards off, Sebastian Abayaga off, Pancho Ginella off. Ginella did not have a great match at all. Raheem had a very typical Raheem Edwards match. But listen to who LAFC is able to bring off the bench. You've got Latif Blessing, Cheeky Palacios, and Danny Musovsky all coming into the match. So Bob now chasing the game a little bit here, going much more offensive with his subs, and it paid off right away. 76th minute, a great interception by Cheeky Palacios, a good run out. And, and look, I thought if, if the pass came from Cheeky, and I think it did, I thought this cross pass might maybe was supposed to go all the way through, but unfortunately Chicho intercepts it, may have taken a pass that was intended for someone else. But he got taken out, and now he gets a free kick. Brian Rodriguez taking the free kick, and I love the effort by Brian, but he just couldn't bend it around the wall enough. The ball missed well wide. I would say a good yard, yard and a half wide of that right post. You thought, oh, man, that's a really quality opportunity for LAFC, and they just weren't able to cash in. A couple of subs for Portland as Loria and Moreno come in for Blanco and Yimmy Chara in the 78th minute. And look, after the 80th minute, to be frank, there just wasn't much for LAFC to get excited about. I don't even know that they got a shot on goal in the last 10 minutes. I don't think they did. I don't think they even got another quality shot off. You have Diego Valeri picking up a yellow in the 83rd minute for a foul from behind on Latif Blessing. And that top-of-the-box free kick, nothing happened with it. Bob brings on Bryce Duke in the 85th minute for Jose Cifuentes. And luckily for LAFC, the offside flag is up because Portland puts one. That's right, Portland puts one into the back of the net trying to make me right on the scoreline 3-1 just with the wrong teams in the wrong places. But luckily, the offside flag is up, which killed the set-piece goal by Portland. It's Diego Valeri with the long pass and an absolute dime as Romero has to make the save on the first ball. But unfortunately, that diving save led to a rebound that was put away. But no goal for Portland because of offside in the 90th minute. A great run by Kim Moon-Hwan. This was the most exciting play of the last 10, 12, 15 minutes. Kim Moon-Hwan finds Chicho Arango, plays it wide for Bryce Duke. Duke earns a corner, but just nothing to it. And, and honestly, it was, it was a disappointing effort in stoppage time. Look, we all know how many matches LAFC has played in such a short time. 
traveling up to Portland, while it's not the most grueling of trips, it rained all day yesterday, rained on and off in the match today. But LAFC just kind of lacked sharpness. They looked very, very, very tired. Portland was their typical physical Portland self. I mean, you knew who they were going to be coming into this match. You knew Portland would be physical. You knew Portland would push it to the limits and leave it in the hands of the refs to see what they did. And as it was, I believe Portland had four yellow cards on the match. So LAFC doing a good job of taking those fouls. I thought that maybe one more or two more could have been given out, maybe even a red on on someone who already had a yellow. But look, LAFC never really matched Portland's physicality. And I think Look, we're not a physical team, right? And when LAFC tries to play another team's game, it usually doesn't go very well for LAFC. But we had to have at least matched the physicality. This was such, such a big match coming in. We knew what was at stake for LAFC. If they got the win, we could potentially climb up all the way into fifth place. But with a loss, dropping points, especially after clawing our way back to get level, at least one point would have been better than this result. It would have kept us above the playoff line. But let's look at the standings now that all of the week 26 games are over. Again, LAFC back on the outside of the playoff line in eighth place with those very same 33 points they walked into Portland with. Let's go through fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. We know we're eighth. Carson. That's right, Carson. Five points clear of LAFC, 38 points in fourth place. This win moves Portland up to fifth place, 37 points for Portland in fifth. RSL with 36 points in sixth. Minnesota in seventh after leapfrogging us, after absolutely handing it to Carson 3-0. That would have been a great response. LAFC wins. Carson loses 3-0. And we just be two points back on their heels. One win could leapfrog us over Carson. But it was not meant to be. Remember, LAFC has one more match on their current road trip at San Jose on Saturday, September 25th. And then they're back home to take on this very same Portland Timbers team on the 29th. That was a lot of tease. That was a lot of alliteration. That'll be five matches in four cities in just 17 days for LAFC. A big gauntlet that we will have to run a little bit better than we did tonight. I said it would be great if we could come away with five or six points from this three-game road trip. If we win at San Jose, that gives us the six points that I think we needed to come away with from these road matches. Six points and three games on the road, we'll take it. It's not what LAFC has been accustomed to. We're used to blowing teams out. We're used to scoring lots of goals, but I say that as if we've done it much in the last year and a half, and we really haven't. It's going to be a long haul. It's going to be a tough climb for LAFC from here on out, okay? That's that's the bottom line. It's going to be real, real tough for LAFC. We have now played 25 matches, which means we are down to single digits on the season. 25 matches. And here's the scary part. The team that's right ahead of us in the standings, Minnesota with 34 points, They have a match in hand. They've only played 24. The team that's right behind us, Vancouver, on 30 points. 
they've only played 24 matches on the season. Now, we own every single possible tiebreaker over Vancouver, so really they've got to get ahead of us in the standings if they're going to do anything at all. But the two teams that we are sandwiched by have a game in hand. Colorado, who's on 44 points. Seattle, who's on 45 points. Both have a game in hand. Look, I'm not looking at a Western Conference crown. I'm not looking at Supporters Shield. In fact, 33 points for LAFC puts us 23 points behind New England, a commanding 56 points, 10 clear of Sporting KC, and 11 clear of Seattle, 12 clear of Colorado. So it might be a wash for New England and the Supporters' Shield. 48 goals scored for them, by the way, on the season, the most in Major League Soccer. LAFC all the way up to 38 now, 38 for 36 against for a plus two goal differential after this one. We had gotten level back with wins and losses at nine apiece. This our 10th. So LAFC dropping to nine wins, 10 losses, and six draws on the season. We got a lot of work to do, everybody. We got a lot of work to do. But our next step comes up in San Jose, where we've played very, very well where we can easily come away with three points. We'll get to see the legend Chris Wondolowski play, but the other thing that worries me is we'll also get to see Jeremy Obobese play. And Jeremy Obobese, like I said before, five goals in all matches against LAFC, only Zlatan has scored more. Yes, other players have scored five, but that doesn't make my stats sound nearly as impressive, so that's why I say only Zlatan has scored more. It's going to be a rough haul for us, but against San Jose and then a home match against Portland... We need to take all six points in these next two matches. We take all six points and any of the teams ahead of us slip and we're right back over that playoff line. And hopefully we got a little breathing room for Vancouver and San Jose and we can start really focusing on just getting point after point after point. I mean, I know that's probably all we're focusing on now, but to also have to look back over our shoulder and to constantly being looking up at the standings, We just need to put some quality matches together and get some wins. We got three in a row, but then we really took a step back here. If we can get another three in a row, that would be incredible, especially because that would mean the third one would come down in Carson. So we'll see what happens. By the way, shout out to the hero on, I believe it was on Twitter, uh, when they said that the the earthquake that happened, again, we hope everybody was okay. There's a little bit of an earthquake that's epicenter was down in Carson, someone tweeted out, oh, so it wasn't in Los Angeles then. That was funny, and clearly a fan of the black and gold. You guys, this has been a solo scarf project, and I have talked an awful lot. This is why I don't do these things solo. My voice is already sore. I miss my partner in Pod Philly. It is just not the same without our back-and-forth banter, without Philly cracking open a couple here during the podcast, and honestly, I wouldn't be doing this if not for Christian Philly Philemon. He is the yin to my yang. He's the the middle finger on my hand of five. He is he is really the. Uh, I'll say this with the with the Mets. Oh, that thirty for thirty series, the the once upon a time in Queens. He's the straw that stirs this particular drink. I love Daryl Strawberry. That's my guy. Uh, look, without, without Philly, this would, it would, there would be no defenders of the bank. So uh, I love that guy. Hope he comes back soon from Orlando. I think he'll be back 
I believe the day of the match on Saturday. I'm not even sure. I don't know when he's getting back. But either way, this will be the only solo scarf project that you'll hear from us this season. And look, uh, we, we again just want to extend our, our thoughts and prayers and well wishes to Christina, Christina Quinn. If you haven't already, check out the link in our bio so that we can get that GoFundMe going so that we can help out Christina and the family with all of their medical expenses and anything else that comes up. If you can donate to the GoFundMe, please do. If you can't donate, that's perfectly fine, but pass it on to other people who you might know. Maybe your work does some sort of matching program or something. I don't know. We're just throwing things out there. We want to get Christina as much help as we possibly can. Christina, of course, the wife of Dexter Quinn, one of the founders, actually, I think the founder of Pride Republic. And if you guys like all those incredible cover arts that you see from Defenders of the Bank, that is certainly not Philly, and that is certainly not me. That is all Dexter Quinn. He is an incredibly talented artist. His wife is incredibly talented in the kitchen. I mean, she is an incredibly accomplished chef and baker. I mean, we got to help out Christina, you guys. So if you can, please head on over to the GoFundMe page. It, it doesn't matter the amount. It, it just, it's the thought we know that counts. But please, if you can, get a dollar out there, get $5 out there, get $10 out there, or find a friend that owes you five bucks and say, hey, maybe instead of paying me back the $5, you put it in the GoFundMe, whatever it is. Philly, don't come trying to collect any money from me because I don't think I owe you any money right now, but we'll see what happens with that. Look, this has been fun doing this by myself, but I miss Philly, but I'm glad I got to do it for all of you. I'm sorry we couldn't talk about something better than a 2-1 defeat at Portland's hands. But again, what Penso gives, Portland takes away. And you know how we like to end all of our episodes here on Defenders of the Bank. The next one, 100 and giggity, 69 dudes. Can't wait to talk to you about a San Jose win. Bye-bye.